our prayer should start with worship. Like, like Jesus didn't teach us to pray by saying, here's how you pray. Father, give us today our daily bread. It doesn't start that way. No. That's midway through. It starts with worship. Mm-hmm. It starts with acknowledging. And, sometimes, and so many times the Psalms will show us, well, how do, what's a way to worship? Well, one way is we think about what he's created. Yeah. The heavens, the earth, the oceans, the, the Grand Canyon, mountains, eyeballs. Yeah. When you think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it has shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. All right. Welcome to the Take and Read podcast. So excited for you to join us. This is episode 10. Wow. Double digits. It's a big one. Yeah. I feel like it's a mile marker or a marker of something. Is there anything happens in the podcast world at 10 episodes? Uh, that separates the people that uh, decided that they didn't want to put up with the work of it. <laughs> so if you make it to 10, it means something. Everybody wants to talk on a podcast, but it's right. it's the work that goes in behind it, the setup that pe- that people end up quitting. Yeah. Yeah, there is it's more than I thought it would be, but now it's not as hard as I thought it would be too. So I I love it. I'm going to do it as long as there are podcasts, I think. Great. It's really fun. Uh so with me, if you don't recognize him by voice or face, he is Granger Smith, podcaster dad. Uh, husband, musician, uh, and I'm sure in time to come there will be other names added to your your list of titles. I love that musician is now down the list like it's, five yeah. or six things. I love that actually. Oh, and follower of Christ. I mean, that's, <laughs> gotta, that's yeah. I should have led with that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is uh, this is fun. So we, you've now been my most returning cus- or not customer, but uh, kind of customer. Customer. Uh, guest and every time we get to kind of peel back a layer and uh and explore a little bit more about what's going on in your world i would love to hear right now what what's the lord teaching you it's been probably a month since we last had you on the podcast but uh we're entering a a new year Mm -hmm. 2022 uh What's, yeah, what's the Lord showing you in your time in the Word? Uh, what is He? I'm, right now I'm working through, in my personal reading time, working through First Kings, Ezekiel, Colossians, and Psalms. Okay. And um, so that's, a, that's an interesting group. Uh, we have, you know, First Kings, I'm, I'm kind of at the section where now we have every king that's just failing after failing after failing. Yeah, they, and it gets pretty repetitive. Right. The, uh, the nation's divided in two now. And then in Ezekiel, he's uh, getting the, du- the directions from God about the temple. Right. Which is in- in- interesting in that is there's this, there's this component to it where he's talking about the Messiah coming and entering through the East Gate. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I know there's stories about the East Gate in Jerusalem. I've never been to Jerusalem, but I know there's stories about the East Gate. And so I did a Google search, yeah. the image search, and the gate is sealed and there's a cemetery in front of it because no Jewish rabbi 
would walk across the cemetery. Okay. So it's it's not only bricked, like permanently bricked. But there's in, this like, but there's a cemetery of a cemetery that's key, a barrier of it's, sorts. So it's like as if a human could stop the return of the Messiah. They're doing everything they can to prevent that prophecy that's from happening. Interesting. Crazy. You think that's intentional? Yeah, evidently. I mean, obviously, bricking it off is, but yeah, evidently, it's it's very intentional. They do not want this this Ezekiel prophecy of the Messiah to come true, which is weird because if you believe it enough to think you should put put a cemetery and brick up the entrance, mm-hmm. then you should probably just believe that the Messiah will come th- no matter what <laughs> through this east gate. Yeah. It's just strange. Um, uh. Colossians. Love Colossians, um, working through that with um, with the the idea of you cannot restrain yourself from the flesh mm-hmm. through any worldly uh, accomplishment of any kind. Yeah, only Christ can defeat the flesh. Yeah, you can't. We we think so many times in terms of um, the enemy attacking us with the fleshly desires. But what he also attacks us with is the desire to stray from the flesh in a worldly way. Yeah. Yeah. You can't put off taste, touch. Right. By yourself. But we try to with meditation, um, with, with stay, you know, uh, abstinence in a a worldly way. We put things in, yeah, in place that would help us refrain or we limit our, ourselves to it but ultimately christ is the one that overcomes those yeah and so then there's psalms and i think the the the, to answer your question the best i can psalms just rocks my world when i put it at the end of of three other chapters Mm -hmm. because it just always brings us back to worship amen it brings us back to to prayer which in its essence starts our prayer should start with worship. Like, like Jesus didn't teach us to pray by saying, here's how you pray. Father, give us today our daily bread. It doesn't start that way. No, that's midway through. It starts with worship. Mm-hmm. It starts with acknowledging. And sometimes, and so many times the Psalms will show us, well, how do, what's a way to worship? Well, one way is we think about what he's created. Yeah the heavens, the earth, the oceans, the, the Grand Canyon mountains, eyeballs. Yeah. Have you ever looked at the, the website that shows the close up eyeball? No. Okay. There is a thing. Chad and all listeners. I don't think we have time right now, but everybody, you have to Google eyeball up close. Okay. Okay. It's a thing. We have a, we have a second eyeball up close. It is absolutely unbelievable what your what your eyeball what it look look at this. Okay. Whoa. That's a that's an eyeball extremely close and extremely focused. That with is a camera. interesting. But you could see just the caverns and the the incredible structure and the, the retina is like a hole. Yeah. Almost like a like a black hole or something. And, and this is, this, we could make this a form of worshiping God 
by looking at an eyeball. Just the intricacy. And we could just go, complexity. God, God, you made the eyeball. Right. No, this is unbelievable. This is unfathomable. The, the, the method of creating an eyeball. God, you did this. And that's a form of worship. Amen. Uh, what I love about your, uh, the, the way that you spend time personally in the word is you're allowing the, your intake of the word to span a bunch of different parts of the Bible. And you're not necessarily getting to cherry pick your favorite parts. Right. You're going to read what's next out of these four different kind of parts of the Bible. And it forces you to kind of go into categories that maybe you go, well, I don't know if I'm going to get much out of this, but you're, you're attending to the whole council of scripture is what, what we would call that, that you're allowing the scripture to read you as much as you're reading it. You're, you're engaging in parts of it that maybe normally you wouldn't venture into. And uh, I heard a quote uh, just recently that the the issue for a lot of people is that they may find contradictions in the Bible, and so that that's a challenge for them. But most of the most people, their issue is not that they find contradictions in the Bible, but that the Bible contradicts them, mm. and that right. they it it shows them a, a portion of the way they think, they live, uh, maybe things they want to do. And that becomes, they be, take issue with the Bible because it's, it's confronting them. And so the way that you're approaching scripture, I think is so healthy because you're going to, you're going to walk into pockets of the Bible that man, you need to walk into and that God can sovereignly use your time in the scripture in all of these different ways to show you things that are going to confront you. And that's yeah. okay because a loving father, if he sees something in his child that is wayward, we want to correct it because we know that's not their, the best for them. And so just like a loving father, he's able to communicate. Not to say that he can't use those parts that we go to repeatedly because they're our favorite, but there's a much fuller and richer experience of intimacy with, with the Lord through all these different corners of the Bible that we may not frequent. Yeah, that's so good. So good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I want to jump in to the take and read component of this, uh, because I think there's a lot here that may even correlate with what God's showing you right now in your sure. life. Sure. So given some of the things you've even mentioned today about Jewish authorities and issues they have with the coming of a Messiah and things like that, we're going to continue our journey and we get a launch into chapter two today Great. so we made it all the way through it took us 10 episodes to get through one chapter i love that and so today Bible. i believe this is my third episode yeah. with you yeah so today i'm going to read on, on my phone um continuing with what i use the logos app yeah and i usually read on an ipad but i kind of wanted to i love this podcast that we're reading the bible and i and i i want to showcase different ways to read it right it, you know, 15 years ago, the thing to do for a Christian as, as you're evangelizing is to be able to give them a Bible, give them a Bible because they probably don't have one. Right. But today that's changed in, in the terms that you could tell someone there's a, just download an app. Mm -hmm. You could download an app for the people that hear that and go, I like paper. Great. Hey, that's great. Absolutely. And I do too. But this is just, this is a, a way that I have a Bible on me 24 seven, wherever I am, as long as my phone's in my pocket, I also have the full Bible. 
Yeah. And a lot of those options are audio options. So a lot of these Bible apps that you download have the option that there is somebody reading it. So if you're somebody who drives and you have a lot of time where you're driving down the road or you have a long commute to work, one of the ways that you can take advantage and win in that margin of, of your day is to listen to the scripture. So, yep. uh, first listen to this no listen to the bible then listen to this podcast yeah um <laughs> on on logos i we're, we're uh, chad and i are both reading esv but on logos i could hit these three dots on the top and i could change resource then i can quickly go to niv find any I, I translation to, yeah. to anything i mean within two seconds so if, you, if you're like oh, I, I love the king james okay great the, the two seconds you could have anything you want and a cool thing about that app, and just so we're clear, they don't sponsor this podcast. No, Maybe no. someday they will. Hey, Logos, <laughs> you should sponsor the podcast. Uh, but I use that resource as well in my phone and on my computer. And you can highlight a word that's in the English Bible, and you, it'll give you the range of meaning, how it's translated in the original language. So you can have a, a sense of the range of meaning, how this word interacts in other passages, where this word occurs again in other passages in the Bible. So it's a really neat resource. Yeah, yeah. All righty, so we're going to be in uh, Mark chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. So if you are... Uh, following along with us, you can go ahead and jump in again. As Granger said, we're in the ESV, the English Standard Version translation of the Bible, but uh, we'll rotate different translations on this podcast. Here we go. And when he returned, he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise, take your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Incredible. All right. Incredible so, 12 verses. <laughs> there is a lot there. Um, there is a lot there. So, we want to first approach this and make sure we have clarity around some of the things that are being said. We want to know what it says. We want to understand what it says. And then let's jump into meaning. Yep. And then I want us to kind of, you know, pull back and ask the question, all right, so what? Yeah. What does this mean if we're going to be followers of Christ? What do we do in light of this? So uh, let's make sure we understand the scene. We know that he uh, had 
because of the healing that he had just done, he had just, just before this, he had uh, healed a leprous man by touching him, which was a, he was compromising religious standards of the time by touching a leper in order to heal. So he's already challenging the conventions of the religious elite. So then it says that because he was doing this, he started to get really popular. And he wasn't able to go into a town without just massive crowds coming around. So there are a lot of people, hundreds and hundreds of people are excited because of the healing he's done. Right. They recognize what he can do. So that's what, what sets up this scene. And uh, it ended up being a, a really a tin man form of popularity that he had. It was paper thin. Exactly. And I think that alludes to or helps us understand why he responds the way he does when th- these these men showing extreme faith for their friend that Jesus can heal them they come for healing they come because we've heard he can do that not necessarily because of who he is and right. his response is i think keyed into that yes so the scene is he's in Capernaum. Again, if you have one of those maps in the back of your Bible, that's the region in the north. So that's north. And we're going to continue to see as Jesus does his his public ministry now, it's going to continue to be up in the north, kind of in the region where he is from. Um, there's this idea that it says that he's at home. It could have been an indication that he had kind of a base camp there in Capernaum. And so that's where he kind of called the first disciples. There's, there's some things that were key to his ministry that started there. So there's a sense at which he's kind of back at his home base. Uh, and he's doing this in the north. And it's going to be different when he turns his face towards Jerusalem. We're going to see some different things play out in his life, which is cool. But here he is. He's in Capernaum. He's in the north. He's done a lot of miracles. He's performed healings. He's cast out demons. What's specific or particular about this one in this scene that stands out to you? Well, we have the crowd that's gathered around. We know that this crowd is, um, I think I said tin men. I meant to say straw man. This is a, this is a, a, um, an overblown popularity for Jesus because of his healing, but not because of who he was. Right. They were coming for the stuff. Yeah. Jesus knew that. And so, he sees this man coming down from the roof. They're lowering him for one reason. Yeah. To have him healed, physically healed. And Jesus see, saw their faith that, that they, he knew that they knew he would be healed, but he doesn't immediately heal him. Instead, he does what he came to earth to do, forgive them of, their, of his sins. Yes. So they've gone through this, that would have probably been a pretty elaborate thing. This probably was a first, like a one story house with a flat roof, but to remove the roof would have been a thing. There would have been debris falling and they remove this roof to lower. Like they're willing to just interrupt. He's teaching. He's in the midst of, of expounding and, and explaining and teaching. And they interrupt that. And they just, they just barge in. They lower a guy on a cot yes. <laughs> down. And God, God did not manifest into flesh and come to earth for the purpose of healing. He didn't. He, he, to heal bodies. Right. He came to forgive all, all of mankind, all of his people, 
and heal their souls. But this, these 12 verses really show that Jesus did heal physically. Yeah. Only, so what does it say? So that we may know that the Son of a Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Yeah. It was a tool to forget, to, to heal physically was a tool to show the reason he really came. Yeah, to demonstrate who he was. So up until this point, they've come because of the stuff he can do. And, you know, it's interesting. We start out in Mark, and it's in Mark chapter 1, he, it, he starts his ministry preaching the gospel, and we understand the content of that gospel was, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe. So he's, his message as he teaches is to indicate the kingdom's here, the kingdom of God, and it's different than the kingdom you're experiencing. It's different than the Roman Empire or whatever other human you know, authority structures exist. This kingdom's different. And so he's demonstrating what life is like in this kingdom as he goes around healing, casting out demons, demonstrating authority over the demonic, over human cells that have gone rogue, that are unhealthy, over disease. Like he's, he's showing that these little instances of the kingdom, they're going to bring healing and they're going to cause life versus the other kingdom, which is rules ruled by the enemy and its, its way is sin and death which causes destruction, dysfunction, unhealth. Jesus is these instances of this is, this is what the kingdom's like, causes life. And where he goes, life goes with him. He touches things and it turns to life instead yeah. of death. So there's these instances, these little kind of just moments where the kingdom shows through and, and the life in his kingdom comes through. But, and so those instances have caused people to take note. Oh, I want, I want that. I want the the fruit of that kingdom. Now we're getting a realization and he's showing I'm the king. Yeah. And that you actually want me. Yeah. Not the stuff from me. Yeah. And so I think that's huge in this. And he's got an interesting audience. So you've got this crowd and in the midst of this crowd, you've got just random generic people. You've got his disciples that are gathered and faithful followers and then you've got these religious leaders and they're all watching this take place. And he obviously says what he says on purpose. Yes. And he knows that it's going to provoke. And it's interesting to take note of their response. He says, Jesus saw their faith. So again, and this is a whole another thing, I think notice that it's not the faith of the man being lowered but it's the faith of his friends that are recognized. A lot of times people will approach Jesus and because of their faith, he heals them. But here's an instance where other people's faith um, in Christ to do something for someone else, Christ says, because of that, mm. you're healed. Because of the faith. So how many times do we, do we pray for someone else? Yeah. And there's someone that we know and love that is hurt, sick, far from the Lord, but we pray and we intercede. So know that there is a way in which God hears your prayers and sees your faith and can and will respond. That he yeah. does that. He acts on behalf of other people's faith. Man, it's so interesting that you say that. Um, because He saw their faith. 
it's interesting that you say that, not his faith, because so many of these stories we see in the, in the four gospels, the people that he heals don't come back to him and some of them don't even become believers. I think he healed somewhere around 10 lepers. Yeah. And one of them out of the 10 right. came back to him. 10%. 10%. And, and, and Jesus knew that. And that wasn't any, that wasn't the point. But sometimes when we look at the gospel, just from, from the outside looking in, we think, oh, this, you know, Jesus came and he healed and people believed him because of his healing. But the faith always existed before the healing, and that's what Jesus saw. Yeah. yeah. It was faith first. And if, if you didn't have the faith first, then you never became a believer, even if you were healed. Yeah. Well, I think that order of events is interesting, Granger, because notice that he he responds to their the, the inquiry here. He says... Um, Let's see, where is it? He talks about forgiving sin because he says to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven, even though they want him to heal. He doesn't say you're healed. He says your sins are forgiven. And that immediately causes the scribes who are sitting there, right? There's scribes sit in a position of leadership and and teach. We, we've heard Previously in the Gospel of Mark that his teaching was different than the scribes. He had authority where theirs did, they didn't teach with authority. So there's this comparison. And so they're starting to get pretty upset with him. And they start questioning their hearts. Which is, they didn't say it out loud. No, they're like, <laughs> crazy. they're just super quiet. And he's like, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. And they're questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. And I think to understand that, like, you think in their context, what he's just said, the only means of forgiving sins was through sacrifice, the sacrificial system, and eventually only the Lord could forgive sins on the day of atonement in response to sacrifice. Yes. So only God has the ability to forgive, and it's only when the proper sacrificial um, process is followed. And here he is saying, I forgive your sins. Your sins are forgiven. And they're like, what? Yeah. So clearly he's intentionally saying, I'm going to confront your assumption. And you talked about, notice that it's faith first, then healing, right? There's faith in who he is, and that's followed by healing. And he is confronting them right there. He's confronting them on, do you have the ability to trust and believe who I really am. Yeah. He's confronting them at the place of their faith hurdle or barrier. Yes, yes. He there is there is a there's a very subtle nod to the Trinity here too. When they say or in their hearts, they think who could forgive sins but God alone. Right. And and Jesus doesn't say I can too or I also can forgive. He he gives them a nod and goes, "Hey, you're right." Yeah. <laughs> no one can forgive sins but God alone. And I am him. And just the the pause. They're like, oh snap. And then at the end, they amazed, they glorified who? God. Mm-hmm. They glorified God. That's a nod to the Trinity. And so a lot of people say, Where's the Trinity? Where's it it doesn't say the word Trinity? Where is the, the concept of the Trinity, the Godhead? 
the three-part God, where is that in the scripture? It's all over it. Yeah. It's all over it. And this is one nod right here. And their, their accusation of him, as they think in their hearts, again, they don't speak this out loud, but he's reading their thoughts, and one of those is that he's blaspheming. He's claiming to have an authority only God has to forgive sins. Therefore, he's claiming to be God. That's blasphemy only if they if he's not God. Yes. So they clearly don't believe him to be God mm-hmm. at this moment. Otherwise, they wouldn't make the connection to blasphemy. So they accuse him of blasphemy, which is, there. there's a lot of nuances to that, and you could probably do a quick Logos right. Bible search on the word blasphemy, but essentially it's, it's defaming God, it's speaking against God, it's, a, it's claiming that there are things that are of God, that are not of God. There's a lot of ways that this goes, but essentially they're rejecting him as God and they're saying he's claiming to be God, but we believe him not to be. Therefore, it's blasphemy, which is exactly what they're committing Mm -hmm. by thinking that and saying God has done something here that only something's happened that only God can do. It's happened, but it's not God that did it. Yes, and they would they would technically be correct if it wasn't God. Right, right. And so that's the that's just the beauty of what Christ does in this situation is he shows them the core of where their disbelief is. They're not willing to the, to believe what they've seen and experienced up to this point. And so, making that claim, he then follows up with the authority to heal. So he, he makes the claim, your, your sins are forgiven, which is it easier to tell him that his sins are forgiven or, or take up and walk? Well, technically it's easier to say your sins are forgiven and it's harder to literally take somebody who's lame to tell them to walk. So he does, he does both, right? He says, your sins are forgiven, take up your mat and walk, and he does. And he, so he follows up to affirm the claim that he's just made. Yes, I have the authority to forgive sins and to show you that I'll also heal him. Your sins are forgiven. Go take up your mat and walk. Bam. Yeah. So you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And we know that technically, I mean, that's, that's a tough question that Jesus asked, which is easier, but we know that you could, you could heal somebody through medicine Right. There were, you know, there's, there was stuff happening. There's, there's an evil way to do it. There was, there's options. There is only one, one being that can forgive sins. So he does two incredibly hard things to prove that one of them would be impossible by any other means. Yeah. So if we stand back and we go, okay, big picture, what's our, what is, you know, we've talked a lot about what it says and, and really kind of we've, you know, gone into what does this mean? What's the, the powerful meaning behind it? But if you had to summarize today what you see here, what's it mean? Well, I think this is just such a, a, a human uh, mirror for us to look back and see ourselves in. And the people were amazed they were all amazed and glorified god saying we never saw anything like this now we know 
that what's to come after this, most of those people fell away. Once again, it was a, it was a false sense of, of fame that they were giving to Jesus. They were accrediting to Jesus because they didn't totally understand who he was. And so they were amazed by the, the icing on the cake. Yeah. But they, they never took a bite of the cake. Extremely superficial yeah. or shallow faith. Yeah. So we see ourselves in this. How many times have we thought, God, if you could just, if you could just write it in the clouds mm-hmm. and give me a message, could I just dream it? Could an angel visit me in my dream and just tell me, do I need to take this job or not? Yeah. Then, then I would really know. And, and that's exactly what's happening here. And time and time again throughout the Bible, that's just not how he operates. Right. He, he goes, I mean, even David will say in the Psalms, th- things to the extent of, I haven't heard from you in years. Where are, where are you? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't hide your face from me anymore. And that's just always how God, the Spirit, the Father operates. Yeah, you think of like when he comes on the scene and Jesus is born, the, the Jewish people hadn't heard from God for 400 years. For us, 400 years ago was the very first Thanksgiving in 1621. Yeah. That's a long time. It's a long time of total silence. 150 years before the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And sometimes we get frustrated when we don't hear some sort of response within an hour, a day, a week. But we're talking multiple generations hadn't heard when the angels start showing up and telling Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, here's what's up. So, yeah, anyway, it was almost a side note, but. So when we stand back and we go, okay, there's some things here, some, some brushstrokes I see in this passage. Jesus's authority is yet again revealed in a, in a new way that challenges the religious authorities. The previous section, he healed by touching a leper, which was absolutely a no-no. You don't touch lepers, mm-hmm. right? They're unclean. So now he heals somebody and intentionally says, your sins are forgiven, well, who can forgive sins but God alone? Exactly. Yeah. He says, your sins are forgiven. They are, that confronts all of their sensibilities in the, in the sense that no, only God can, and it's the day of atonement, and it's through sacrifice offered, and none of that's happened here. And so he's going around all these systems, and he's just doing it. Yeah. And so some are going, this is absolutely amazing, and others are going, we got to take him out. There's enough of this. Yeah. It, it's, it, he, he healed, he, for, he forgave the sins, but he also perceived the thoughts of people standing right there. <laughs> that, that, that would have been witness enough just to uh, those people. You would think that they would go, what's this guy has Jedi powers. He just, yes. read, he just read my mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, that doesn't, that, that doesn't just, even phase him. That's not enough in here for, for this to be included in Mark's gospel. But you know that they were looking at each other like, did you just, were you, yeah. Did you say something? No, (laughs) I didn't. Yeah, and and you could hear, you could almost hear the subliminal sigh that Jesus gives right here when he says, which is easier to to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. (sighs) But that you may know the son of man has authority on earth. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise. But you could almost hear that like, okay. Okay, fine. You people, you people. And he goes on later in the gospels, he starts saying things like, how much longer? 
<laughs> will I be with you yes. idiots? That's just, you feel that this tension rising when he's trying to give a message. It's very, very clear. And we as humans, all of us, me yeah. included, yeah. we want to see signs and we want to see wonders. We want to be amazed by physical healing, earthly, fleshly healing. Yes. And how many times do we need to realize the things that he's done in our life time and time again, the way that, that he shows up every time so that we may know who he is. Like that's what he's doing. He, he did this. He confronted them, read their thoughts out loud so that they may know and all that were there would know that the son of man has the power to forgive sins. Well, who's the son of man? He is. What is that a reference to? He's the Messiah. He is God. And so I think one of the challenges that for me today, as I look at the different things, even my own faith journey, my own personal journey with cancer, all of the ways that he's, he's like, remember who I am? Yeah. So that you may know and continue to know because we're so forgetful. I want you to know who I am and you can lay everything at my feet because I am who I am. I am the God of this universe. And so the challenges that you face today, even though I overcame all that stuff in the past, I'm still here and I'm still willing and I desire to show up in your life in a relevant way for you to just completely trust me so that yeah. you may know. And I think that's where it hits me. Where does it hit you? Yeah, the same, the same. Uh, just... And, and it kind of goes back to our first conversation about the, in, in if you kind of meditate through the Psalms, it's a good way to, to take an exhale either before or after you, you get into some deep stuff in the Bible just to go, God, you made the oceans, mm -hmm. the stars, the never ending galaxies that we look up into. You made all that. And yet you have an interest in me. Yeah weak me that, that that's stuck in my in my flesh the un, unbelieving part of me that says i want to see a sign and yet you've given us the universe as a sign yeah and and here in 2021 we still don't know how an eyeball works yeah 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 that's that's funny we have so much you, science and you want me to heal your legs okay I i'll got, do it yeah have you not seen enough okay here it is yeah. So as you listen to this podcast, as you tune in and you take and read the scriptures, our desire is that you would see him for who he is. That you would, if you haven't taken that step of faith, that you would consider it right now. And just, it's a simple thing. You simply go, all right, I believe. And you can even say, Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief, as we'll read in the scriptures. But today it's a simple, I believe that Jesus Christ is in fact real. He is God. His death on the cross, that was for me. He did actually physically, bodily rise from the dead. Therefore, he is God. And I believe it. And I'm going to, I want to follow him. And you just need to, you can just right now just talk to him and say, I believe. If you're a follower of Christ and you've been following for a long time, let this be just a, a, a moment of sobriety where you go, okay, I want to reassess. Are there areas in my life that I'm not trusting him? And he, he has shown up time and time again, and I just have to remember 
he's God and he's got this. And I just want to, I just want to trust him and I just want to rest in him. Do that. Now's the time. So please, um, if you have any questions or comments, you can always email me at takeandreadpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a question for Granger or myself, please email mail that. We'll get back to you. We'll talk to you. Um, and there's, yeah, I have lots of questions coming in. So if I haven't gotten back to you or responded, I will, I promise. Um, so and, good. And uh, the ongoing conversation that we've had is uh, here also consists of, we want you to do this for yourself. We've had a conversation in the scriptures and it's very easy to do. Do it regularly, do it often, do it daily, but find a time and a place where you can get 15 minutes, even if it's that, to either listen, uh, pull up your phone and get that Bible app out, but take and read the scriptures. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. Mm. Uh, and again, thank you, Granger, for being here. Man, thank you. And and to to what you're saying, there there's this idea as Americans, we have this idea. We understand to, to some extent the freedoms that were allowed for us in this country because of men and women that fought and died and made the ultimate sacrifice in this country for us to enjoy these freedoms. And we need to look at the Bible in the same way mm-hmm. that hundreds of thousands of people have, have died for the sake of this word to get into our hands today. Amen. And, and I think there's a big disconnect that we've had over the last 500 years of, we've gotten pretty comfortable that there's a Bible in your hotel drawer. Yeah. You know, the Gideon, the Bible. Gideons. Yeah. But, but, but there was, Decades and decades and decades and decades and decades of turmoil and 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 people in secret and hiding these this these scriptures yeah. because it matters and it's so important and they knew it was so important for the future generations to read it and we know that God preserved it that way and we should when we open up these pages of Mark or any other book we should think of it in that way, Amen. So take and read, if you dare. Yes. Thank you, brother.